Hello, and welcome to the seventh episode of the Personal Finance Podcast. Please be sure to follow the Personal Finance Podcast Instagram at Personal Finance Podcast ED as well. You can also follow the Twitter page for updates on the podcast at Personal Finance on Twitter. All right, now let's get into today's episode. In today's episode, we will be talking about how about investing for beginners. Where should you start? What do you need? And many other questions will be answered about investing for beginners in this podcast. So first, let's begin with what is investing. A stock is an investment. When you purchase a company's stock, you're purchasing a small piece of the company called a share. Investors purchase stocks in companies they, uh, because they think they will go up in value. And if that happens, the company's stock increases in value as well. So stock then the stock can be sold for profit. So where should you start? To, so to start investing in stocks, you need to have you need to have saved up some money. The minimum amount you should have saved up is $500. This is the minimum because when you're investing in stocks, you want to make sure that your return will be that you want to make sure that your return will only be higher or larger if you invest in stocks that show a higher share price. For example, a penny stock may not give you a high return on investment compared to a stock that has a higher price and that's not a penny stock. So for example, a penny stock would be 69 cents a share, but for example, um, a, a stock that would give you a high return on investment would might be $5 or $10 a share even. It all depends on what stock you really want to invest in. And um, after this, you should start looking at the stock trends and markets and start deciding on which stocks you want to invest in. You should start by looking at five stocks that are slowly five. You should start looking at five main stocks and then slowly start to invest in the ones that you like from those five. And that will give you a good return on investment by researching the stock trends on the market and how it has performed. And now the next thing you should do is learn about the different kinds of investments. So if you're going about investing on your own after you open a brokerage account, you need to have an understanding as to the different kinds of investments out there. That may seem daunting, but it really isn't. Here are the most common. So I'm going to share with you the most common investment types. So the first is mutual funds or exchange traded funds. So the benefit of either mutual funds or exchange traded funds ETF is diversification. So when you buy into one of these, you're able to purchase small pieces of a lot of different stocks. So for example, if you buy into an ETF that tracks a tech index, you own small pieces of the companies in that particular index. So you can buy into different mutual funds or ETFs to diversify your portfolio even more. For now, the next one is individual stocks. So this is pretty cut and dry. So if you want to buy shares of Amazon, you can just buy shares of Amazon. However, if you're looking to diversify your portfolio to better guard against market volatility, investing in individual stocks will take more time and likely more money. However, a benefit to investing in individual stocks is they are more apart. Uh, they are more uh, likely to rise in share prices much faster than ETFs. Pick the right stock and it could pay off. However, just as an individual stock can rise, it can also fall just as fast as it rose. So there are many other kinds of investments as well. So when you're learning about investing for beginners, it is very important to know the different kinds of investments out there. So now the next thing is you should know your limit. So there are a couple of different ways to look at this. How much money do you need and where should you invest it in? If you follow the market closely, you should know that the price of company shares can range from cents to thousands of dollars. 
So if you're investing in individual stocks, the money of the amount of money you really need depends on the price of the shares you want to buy. So the minimum amount is the minimum amount I and earlier I said was five hundred and that's do you know sort of get yourself invested in penny stocks, some small stocks, and then obviously if you wanted to invest in stocks that have a share price of a thousand dollars, then you would need to have that much money. So However, if you're looking to be more diversified and perhaps don't have thousands of dollars laying around to invest, an ETF is the route you might want to go. Since ETF trades like stock, like a stock, buying and selling is as simple as going to the brokerage account and putting in the order. And because ETFs are more diversified and carry small percentages of companies in the fund, they are likely considerably less expensive, like around $100 or less per share than buying individual shares in the company listed in the fund. See, the bottom line is that you don't have to be rich to start investing in stocks, even if you're a beginner. The next question to answer is, where should you invest? If you're investing in ETFs or mutual funds, it's a bit safer to allocate more of your portfolio to stocks. Perhaps something like 75% stocks or 25% bonds or something like that. You'd have to research more to find out exactly what you would like to do with your investing portfolio. This is especially good if you're looking at long-term investment for retirement. As you go closer to retirement, you can start to change your portfolio, be more bond-heavy and less resilient, less resilient on stocks in order to better protect your investments. However, if you're investing in individual stocks as well, it might be best to limit the amount you have in your portfolio until you're more seasoned and you have more um, financial success with return on investments within the individual stocks that you invested in. So let's talk about why is investing important. Now, investing is important because it, it will help you in the future as you will have money saved up. So let's even stay optimistic and assume, for example, you save $1,400 a month for 26 years. That would leave you with $403,200 to live on, which on a 60,000-year lifestyle would would only last you 6.72 years. You're retiring at 65, only to be go broke at 71, and you've been a good saver all your life. Furthermore, you will get a greater return on your money in the long run as it will increase on a daily basis. Now, in order for it to increase, there are financial stock advisors. And so, you know, you really need to make sure that in order to increase the money, you need to be smart with your money. You need to be investing and selling at the right time. And you need to be uh, focusing on the market and looking at different different trends in order to really get a good return on investment. Now, let's talk about the five main things that people invest in so there's many ways you can uh, try to create return that can you can compound in big amounts over time some of the most popular options include stocks bonds real estate bitcoin and gold and p2p lending there's pros and cons to each one of them and we could go on for hours about all of them in fact if you're interested in really getting a deep dive on these alternatives i think that you should search up um, different podcasts and uh, there are also other um, things that you can look on the internet to find more information about these uh, five things that I've mentioned here. Okay, let's for now, let's quickly review each option and talk about which would probably be the best for an average investor. So peer P2P lending. This is relatively new, a new investment model that's offered by various websites. You basically lend money to someone else. The risk is that the person you lend money to won't pay and it tends to be that 
that if you want high rewards, you'll need to bet on someone with a risker profile. And that's not the best ideal situation. So, you know, essentially, if you're a beginner investor, uh, you would not want to do this P2P lending necessarily because it's based on really a risk. You're really taking a risk, which is not the best thing that you want to do as a beginner if you're tight on a budget. And even if you aren't tight on a budget, you still wouldn't want to just be blowing money away by giving a giving someone else your money and then taking that risk. Let's talk about Bitcoin and gold. So thought of as... Think of as a great hedge against inflation and government debt. Prices seem to rise when panic sets into the marketplace. I'm not a big fan of investing in Bitcoin, crypto, gold, silver, or any other precious metals because of the simple fact they don't produce an income. Without an income, you can't get compound interest. That's that's basically what I have to say about uh, Bitcoin and gold. And real estate, the general mindset around real estate investing is that it always goes up and many people have been successful with it. However, there are some critical cons with real estate. For one, your money is locked in. And in order to get it out, you'll have to pay buyers and sellers fees. You you have to pay interest to a bank for a mortgage. It's hard, it's hard maintaining houses and finding renters. Again, it's not practical for the most average people, not to mention that the returns are often less than what you would get from a stock market. More on that later. If you're absolutely intent on real estate, then, you know, you should... If you're absolutely interested in investing in real estate, then you should look towards that if you're interested. But uh, personally, it it does take a lot of time because there is more work involved. And now let's talk about bonds. So now if we're moving towards safer and more reliable investments, a bond is a loan to a big corporation and will be paid as long as a corporation remains solvent. Now, it's not a guarantee as companies do go bankrupt. And especially during this time, there have been many, many companies that have gone bankrupt during this COVID time. But bonds can be a fantastic way to get consistent, reliable income for no work at all. The only downside to bonds is that they have historically underperformed stocks in the long term. And this is primarily due to the fact that they don't undergo in value very much. So contrast that contrast that to a stock where you can easily get a steady income and get a value that grows in time as the company grows. Now let's talk about stocks. So this is a very practical option for the average beginner investor and you don't need much money to get started. Buying a stock is buying a piece of ownership into a business. That means as an owner, you get part of the profits and is the business and as the business becomes valuable, so does your ownership piece. The stock market is a fantastic way to go for a beginner to get started with their investing and has averaged out about 10% per year for decades. Not only that, but there's powerful compounding potential when you buy stocks. Okay, let's talk about opening an investing account. So now before you invest in stocks, you need to open an investing account. Now, most banks do offer investings, investing accounts and charge a fee in order for you to process transactions to start your investing journey. So uh, I searched up a quote and I found one from TD. So I'll be sharing that with you. So, for example, TD Bank investing account offers a standard rate, which is a flat fee online commissions rate. Canadian and U.S. stocks are co- cost $10. That's a flat rate. 
and Canadian and U.S. options are $10 plus $1.25 per contract. All prices are quoted and commissions charged in the currency of trade. Now, the active trader pricing is $450 plus trade slash quarter, and the Canadian and U.S. stocks flat rate is $7, and the Canadian and U.S. options are $7 plus $1.25 per contract. All prices are quoted and commissions charged in the currency of the trade. So now these are two different investments account investment accounts. So uh, what do you get in this investment account? You get real-time market data and quotes for the Canadian U.S. markets, commission-free mutual funds, mutual fund trades, exclusive research reports, and education resources that are online and on demand. So you have access to more education resources and you're able to always get good information that can help you as an investor that you may need so opening an investing account may be beneficial since you get better resources better resources but you can also invest through different apps so here's six good apps that are here's six apps that are good for investing so acorns is the best for worry free savings Robinhood is the best for fee free trading wealthbase is the best for the social experience Betterment is the best for low cost. Stockpile is the best for gift and stock, gifting stocks. And Investor is the best for learning and investing stocks. I personally use Investor and it was a great app. Um, I learned a lot of stuff before investing, which was nice. So if you're interested in any of these apps, please be sure to do your own research before downloading, downloading any of these apps. Thank you for listening to the seventh episode of the Personal Finance Podcast. Hopefully you learned something new about how you can start investing as a beginner. Also, before we go, please be sure to do your own research before investing in general or on any apps or even before opening an investment account. Thanks for listening to this episode.